Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Let's get started. We're learning Masecha Sukkah Daf Lamed Beis. We're starting five lines from the bottom um, on Lamed Aleph Amid Beis. Just so you have a, a little bit of an appreciation of what we've accomplished and what we're going to accomplish. If you, yes, thank you. If you flip back just two blot to Chavtes Amid Beis in the Mishnah, we spent the first two blot discussing the following four words: Lulav Hagazel Behayavesh Puzzle. That's all we discussed, and then. Uh, what we're going to be doing for the rest of today is discussing the rest of the Mishnah all the way until the Mishnah on Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, and then we will uh, be stopping at that Mishnah. Okay, so here we go. We're five lines from the bottom, Lamed Aleph, Lamed Beis. Our Mishnah had said, that if the Lulav had come from an Ashera tree or from an Irhani Dachas, a city where most of the people were idol worshippers, then in those cases, the Halacha would be that the, uh, that the Lulav is puzzle. Okay, so we have to analyze this. Says the Gemara, you're saying that if something comes off of an Asherah tree, off of an, a tree that was worshipped for Avodah Zarah, you're saying that it's Pasal. How can that be? Rava said, It is appropriate that one should not use a Lulav for Avodah Zarah. However, But if in fact you did, the halacha is you're still Yotze, the mitzvah of the Dalad Minim. So it seems from Rava that you are, albeit Vidyevid, you are allowed to use um, a lulav that comes from an Asherah tree. So it says the Gemara, Hacha, what are we talking about in our Mishnah? Hacha be'asherah de Moshe Askinan. Here we're talking about an Asherah that Moshe Rabbeinu Paskindan. Take a look at Rashi, about 10 lines from the bottom, Dibur HaMaschal be'asherah de Moshe. And Rashi says, Osam shahayu b'shas kibush eres Yisrael. These are the Asherah trees that were uh, taken over in the conquest of the Jewish people on Eretz Yisrael. Shehitzrichan akasu srefa where the Torah says about those trees that they need to be burned. And a lulav has to have a minimum shear. We're going to spend a lot of time on the, on the Amud Beis today, Abdaf, Lamed Beis, Amud Beis, discussing the shear of a lulav. And here it says, though there is no shear, because in regards to the Asherah trees by Moshe, he paskin that they should be burned. And because he paskin that they should be burned, so therefore it's as if they don't exist anymore, and therefore there's no shear. And therefore there's nothing left to talk about. So three lines from the bottom, Lamed Aleph Mubez back in the Gemara, Hacha Asherah de Moshe Askinan in our Mishnah, where we are makbed, that one should not use a lula from an Asherah tree. That's referencing an Asherah tree upon which Moshe paskin Sreifa. And therefore, says the Gemara, it's as if its shear has already been destroyed. The lulav is not big enough because that tree, halachically speaking, doesn't exist anymore. And says the Gemara, Dekanami, this is actually uh, proven correct by a Bryce as well. Dekatani, as the Bryce writes, Dumya de Irhanidachas, Shmamina, similar to an Irhanidachas, and the same halach was applied there. So we have two worlds of Asherah. The language of our Mishnah, which indicates that an Asherah tree is puzzled just like an Iranidachas, that's referencing a case of Mikhtas uh, Shiure, where Moshe Paskin, that it's a Sreifa, it has to, has to be burnt. However, if it didn't have a Psak on it yet, then the halacha is that if you took a lulav from an Asherah tree, Itaka would be mutter, like the Gemara's opening question, five lines from the bottom of the page. That brings us to the two dots of Niktam Rosho. Now we're getting into some of the detailed halachos about a lulav. And in regards to the top of a lulav, we all know what a lulav looks like. Just imagine the top inch. Uh, whatever it is, and uh, and, and they actually they, they remove the top inch of the. They do this, by the way, in chinuch cases. For a chinuch lulav sorghum, sometimes they passel them intentionally. Okay, fine. So let's assume that, that that's the case here. They cut the they cut it at the top. Aval, what's the? Uh, let me read the words first. Niktam rosho, Amar Rav Huna, Loshanu Ela Niktam. 
when the Mishnah says that niktam rosho is possible, that's only if it's cut. However, aval nista kosher. But if it's if it's uh, if it has a crack in one of the leaves at the top, of Rashi here indicates, and we'll see why this is important. Rashi, three lines from the bottom, writes nistiku rosho he'alin. Just the tops of the leaves have a crack in them. Those are kosher. That's what Ravuna says. Asks the Gemara, the nista kosher. If the tops of the leaves are, are have a crack in them, if they're split down the middle, so then they're going to be kosher. How can that be? The hatanya, we have a brice to the rights. Lulav kafuf, if the top of the lulav is bent over on itself, kavutz, if it has, as Rashi indicates at the top, thorn sticking out of it, or saduk, or if it's cracked, which is a problem, or akum domelamagel, or if it, uh, from a profile, if it uh, is uh, kind of hooked like you'd see, like a sickle. So then all of those cases are puzzle. Now, Ravuna wanted to infer from our Mishnah that when it says niktam rosho, only niktam is problematic, but nistak, if it has a tear in it, then the leaf would still be kosher. But this brysa on the top of Lamed Beis and is very clear that saduk is part of the list. And it indicates that if it's saduk, that it's going to be puzzle. So we have a contradiction between Rav Huna's understanding of our Mishnah and this brysa. So says the Gemara, oh, just finishing off the brysa, charus puzzle, that if it were to have been a very hard material of wood, it would be puzzle. And domel charus kosher, had it been similar to that hardwood, but softer, then maybe that would still be a kosher lulav. So this brysa is problematic for the shita of Rav Huna. Amar Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, how do we answer this case? The avid hemnek. What we're talking about is a hemnik. What is a hemnik? Take a look at Rashi. Amarav Papa, Hadikatani Saduk Pasal, that which we said in this Brysa at the very top of Lamad Bezamid Bez, that when there is a crack in one of the leaves that it's Pasal, Lav Shinistiku Roshe Olin Oshidra, it's not talking about where the leaves are broken, it's made like a hemnik, which is a particular tool, which he calls here putes for, shall barzel shall sofrim. It was a tool that people who were writing Sifre Torah would use. Rashi indicates six, seven lines down, Russian. it looked like the letter Y. It was a tool that you would use as a letter Y. They would use it for sirtut. So sirtut, if you ever look inside of a Sefer Torah, the Sefer Torah is kept extremely neat because there's a, a din in regards to writing Sifre Torah that one must do sirtut, and that is to etch lines into the parchment, and then the sofer will use those lines to keep everything straight. The tool that they used was this hemnik, this tool that had multiple prongs to it. If you could imagine two would be easy, right? So you just do two lines, and then you readjust and do two more lines. So if the lulav looks like that, it's split like that, that's when it's uh, when it's less problematic. But in the case where it is problematic, um, wait, so sorry, let me say that again. If it's David hemnik, so then Rashi says, El David hemnik, so that in that case, Mufutsal um, Rashi indicates over here, shall barzel, shall sovrim. Okay, right? Does it say here which one is which? So that's what he's saying is that there are, there's two different types of saduk. And uh, the one that we're talking about in our Mishnah is correct. The Ravuna is of the opinion that if the leaf splits at the top, it's mutter. We're going to speak about the famous discussion that we are all familiar with about the tiomes. The tiomes is the two leaves, which really is one leaf at the very top. The topmost leaf, when we pick up Lulavim to check on them, that's often one of the first things that we look at. Is the tiomes, which is really two leaves fused together, is it still connected? So we like when it's connected all the way to the top. That's Mahudar. What if it splits a little bit? That's this discussion. We're going to see how far that psul will go. We'll discuss that in a little bit. And then says the Gemara, what about Akum Domele Magel? What if there is a curvature at the top of the Lulav such that it looks like a sickle? So Amar Rava, Rava says, Lo Amran Ela The only psul is if when you're holding the Lulav and the Shidra is facing you 
that the curvature is away from you. That is problematic. But if the curve is back towards you, then that is a normal way for this to grow. What about if the curvature of the um, of the lulav is to the right or to the left, let's dadav. So let's dadin. So then there's two approaches. Rav Nachman version one says, kill a fun of dami. It's as if it's away from you, in which case it's puzzle. The Amri law, some say that Rav Nachman said, really is kill achar of dami, that really it's uh, if a lulav is tilted to the right or to the left, if it's, it's as if it's tilted upwards, in which case it would be kosher. So that's unclear from the Gemara. Uh, and uh, let's learn one more case that's very similar to all of this. Five, six lines down, Lamed Beis Medalat. Bama hi lulava. If you have a lulav, the salik bechad hutza, that all of the growth is on either one side or the other, but it doesn't grow evenly, right side and left side. So the leaves are not, it's not just that they're not symmetrical. The leaves are only on one side. That, says, says the Gemara, is balmumhu'upasal. There's something wrong with that. That is not a normal, that is not a normal lulav, and it is not considered kosher. What about nifritsu alav? So if we were to look back in our Mishnah at the beginning of the Perek, what does it say about nifritsu alav, that if the leaves are spread out, the Mishnah says, nifritsu alav is puzzle, but nifridu, so we'll have to see what these terminologies mean. So what's nifritsu? So the Gemara says, why is this puzzle? Amarav papa, nifritsu da'avid kichufya. You made a broom out of it. How did they make a broom back in the day? They would take a material like a lulav, they'd peel off all of the... Uh, all of the strips from the side, they'd make it down to so that the lulav is nothing anymore. They take those pieces, they tie it around a stick, and that would be their broom, right? We, when we were younger, we had these kinds of brooms in a similar form, but with much thinner pieces of whatever the material was, plastic, wood, whatever it was. And that, so we're like familiar with that look. It's kind of like the witch's broom, if, you were, if you've ever seen a movie, those kinds of things, if, if ever. And then we, that's what it's saying is absolutely puzzle. For sure, that's going to be puzzle. And the, to be specific and clear is if you tear all of the branches off of a lulav and reattach them with a rope, that's no longer a lulav. That is what the Gemara may, means as quoting the Mishnah when it says, Nifritsu alav. Nifridu, what if they just spread out, but still connected? They were never torn off. So that's the ifrudifrude, the, the that's if they, they just spread out. But they're still connected at the shidra, at the spine. That's considered fine. Boy, Rav Papa, What about the very top leaf, the one that I referenced earlier? What if it is split? And here, uh, Rashi is very clear. It's Rashi is uh, almost halfway down. Rashi here says toward the end of that Rashi that we're talking about one where where the the crack in that top leaf goes all the way down to the bottom. That's what we're talking about, about Nechlekat Yomes. Now, what's the din? So let's see. Tashma, we're about 12 lines down, Lamed Bezim Aleph, to Amar of Yochanan, Amar of Yoshua ben Levi, Nitla Hatiyomes, Puzzle. Had the Tiyomes been cut off, so then we would have said that for sure it's Puzzle. My love, isn't it also the case that who had the We should then have assumed that maybe the splitting of the Tiyomes down to that very low part where it meets the Shedra, that that also should be Puzzle. So says the Gemara back to this Havamina. No, low. Maybe we should say Nitla Shiny, Maybe we should say cutting off the top of the, of the Tiyomes. That's different. That's chaser. But here, nothing's chaser. Okay, it's just split, but it's not a big deal. So they're uh, not, not a good raya from here. Yikada Amri, third of the way down. Maybe there was another version of Rav Yochanan. Amar Rav Yochanan, Amar Rav Yoshub, and Levi. Nechleka atiyomas, nasa kemishinit latiyomas, upasal. This is more clear that if there is a split in the tiyomas, we halachically equate it to as though it had been cut off. And therefore, it is going to be puzzle. We are, of course, makbed on it. I believe that we, I believe though, the way we look at it is that if there's one tefach of break in it, that's probably 
problematic. So we should try to, sometimes you've seen these, these uh, lulavim that have these like ties all the way up, like this netting tie of that same material of lulav that's all the way up to the top so that you can't open the teomis at all so that it could never split. Is that a hedor? Is that not? Ask your local Orthodox rabbi. That brings us to the two dots just about halfway down. On Lamed Beis Amad Aleph, and says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda Omri Yagdenu Milamala. Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that you need to uh, tie the lulav at its top. Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omri, we saw this already. Mishum Rabbi Tarfon Kapos Tamarim, because the pasuk said Kapos Tamarim, and we a uh, little play on words. What does Kapos mean? Kafus that if there is a need to tie it at the top, you should tie it at the top. So Kapos Tamarim is a play on the word of Kafus that it needs to be tied at the top. That is Shitas. Reb Yehuda. So Amar Le Ravina the Ravashi Mimai the High Kafos Tarim de Lulavahu. The next ten lines of Gemara are um, are not only essential in regards to determining what a lulav is, but it's one of these Gemaras where if somebody says, "How in the world did you Jews figure out that this is what the Bible meant?" So the next ten lines of Gemara will tell us how we figure it out what exactly a lulav is and why when we walk around with these little lulavim in our hands, we know that we're doing Rasan Hashem with clarity. These 10 lines of Gemara are very helpful for us to understand this. It says the Gemara as follows. Ravina says to Ravashi, how do we know the high kapos tomorrow de lulavahu? How do we know that it's this part of the tree? Ema charusa. Maybe I should have said that it's one of the hard parts of the trees. If you ever look at a palm tree, Rashi goes through this. There's a lot of Rashis to read today, so I'm going to skip the ones that I can. But on a palm tree towards the top, you see these like slight um, uh, pieces of wood coming out at the edges at slight outward angles. Well, those all started as lulavim. Over the course of time, the looser branches fell off and these hardened into wood. So the Gemara says, who says that it's the fresh lulav at the top? Maybe it's the very old lulav that hardened into a piece of wood that's now at the sides of the tree as the bark of the tree. That's what the Gemara is recommending here. The Ema, it says the Gemara, Ema Harusa, says the Gemara, no, but Ina Kafus Fileka. That can't be because there's nothing to bind. There's no kafus, but but the way Rabbi Huda learned the pasuk was like the way that uh, the way that Rabbi Tarfon understood the pasuk that kapos tarim is kafus, but there's nothing to tie it. It doesn't spread out into branches, so that can't be it because it, it fails the litmus test of being able to be tied. The lema ufta, what's ufta? So this is also um, it's also similar to this, but not quite the same because it is something that's branchable. Two parts of the uh, of a palm tree that can be pulled together. So it says the Gemara, Kafus No, that's not true. Here too, the piece of wood that they're referring to is, uh, it's a little different. It's a part of the root of the tree. Um, but he says here too, that there's no way to separate them in order for them to be tied. It's permanently this way. So here too, it fails the litmus test of being able to be tied. Says the Gemara, fine, the Ema Kufra. Maybe we should say that we're talking about Kufra. Take a look at Rashi, two lines before the wide lines. Rashi says, the Ema Kufra, Hainunami eats Kein Harusa, El Adayin Ben Shana O Ben Oshte Shanim. Belonis Ave Eitso. It's not that thick. It is bendable wood. Maybe we should say that that wood is the wood we should be using for a lulav. Says the Gemara, you cannot say that. Amar Abaye, you can't use that wood for a lulav and Esrog because. Because the Torah teaches us that when we do mitzvahs, they have to be and what's not noam about this, what's not pleasant. So the Mephorshim point out that kufra is very thorny and uncomfortable to hold. And therefore, this also can't be the lulav that we are talking about. Amar le rava tosva le ravina. Rava tosva says ravina ve'ima tarte kape de tamre. Maybe it's actually two branches that actually hold the dates on the tree. 
Right? We're going through every part of the tree, trying to figure out how do we, we're, we're like ruling things out one after the other to indicate what is the actual lulav. Maybe we should look at two branches of tamarim. Says the Gemara, you're right that we read the Pasuk kapos, but it looks like kapas, and therefore it can't be two different things we tie together. It has to only be one with multiple branches. Fine. Maybe we should say it is one cluster of dates, and then we take all of the extending branches and we tie it up, and that's kap, that's kapos. We can tie that up. Says the Gemara, that also doesn't work. Says the Gemara, lehu kaf karila. You got the wrong gender. It's not kapas. It's kaf in the singular and in the male, and therefore that doesn't work either. And therefore, and an important therefore, which is not listed in the Gemara, but therefore we now know that there's no, there's no other parts of the tree that can be the lulav. It must therefore be the part that we know of as the lulav, and therefore our Gemara concludes accordingly. Our Mishnah on Chavtesim at Beis at the New Perek had indicated that there was a certain type of uh, lulav that grew in, in a place called uh, Har Barzel. And Sine Har Barzel, our Mishnah had said five, six lines from the bottom on Lamed Beis and Aleph that these types of lulavim in the Har Barzel were Kshera. Amar Abaye, Abaye says, but there's still a rule, even if it's a very small lulav, but Amar Abaye, lo shanu ela shirosho shelzeh, magia letzad ikaro shelzeh. That when you have a leaf, the leaf that is um, that is below has to overlap with those. So if this is one leaf, then it has to be, it can, they can't be separated. They have to overlap a little bit. And then the next one have to overlap a little bit. So as the lulav extends higher and higher, all of the leaves must overlap. That is a minimal requirement halachically for a lulav. So it says the Gemara in Sinehar Barzel, even though they're very short lulavim, but as long as the leaves overlap one another going top to bottom, so then that is not a problem. Aval, four lines from the bottom. Ein rosho shalzeh, magil sadik puzzle. But if it were to be the case that the lulav was made in such a way that a Kodesh Baruch Hu built this lulav such that the leaves at the bottom didn't touch the ones above them, that is not kosher. Tanya nami hachi, the b'raisa seems to agree with this. And what we're going to see over the next five or six lines is three versions of the same exact conversation with the same conclusion. Tanya nami hachi, what does the b'raisa write? Sini har barzel psula. That's against our Mishnah. What about our Mishnah that says kshera? Uh, so our, our Mishnah says, this new b'risa that they're bringing up here that says, P'sula, rather the way we must interpret the difference between our Mishnah, which, sa- which says that Sine Har Barzal is Kshera, and the b'risa that says that Sine Har Barzal is P'sula, is whether or not the leaves overlap. If the leaves overlap, it's kosher, that is our Mishnah. And if the leaves don't overlap, that is P'sula, that is the b'risa. And that brings us to the top of Lamed Beis and Beis, where we see yet another version of this same exact Shiloh. Some raise these two sources against one another, but in the opposite direction. Our Mishnah writes, It's nice that our Mishnah says it's kosher, but there's a b'risa that says it's possible. Same exact answer, that as long as the leaves below overlap the bottom of the leaves above them, so then the, then the, the lulav will be kosher. Masha Enkain, if the leaves don't, then they will not be kosher. Amar Rebbe Marion, Amar Rebbe Yoshua ben Levi, very early in the times of the Amorim, Ba'amri Latani Rabba Bar Mari Mishum Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai, even earlier back to the times of the Tanaim. So we just know it's super early. Shtei tomorrow's Yesh Begei Ben Hinom. There are two date trees in Gei Ben Hinom, which is a valley of called Ben Hinom. The Ole Ashan Mi Benehem, and smoke emanates from between them. These are the palm trees that we are talking about when we call them These two palm trees in the valley of Ben-Hinom, those are the ones that have the halachic uh, identification of Tzine Har Barzel. And as well, 
this is one of the uh, portals to Gehenna. Okay, we don't know exactly what that means. Is that a physical thing? If people die, do they roll their spirits? Don't know. Field don't trip. know. Field trip. No, no, no field trip. I think I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out where the opening of Gehenna is, but we'll go to we'll go to the Kotel maybe as a as a Chabura. I don't know what I'm supposed to say right now. Okay. It says the Gemara, 10 lines down. Lamed Beis, Amad Beis. We're going to get into a uh, slightly mathematical sugya. This will bring us to the Mishnah, which is about two-thirds, three-fourths of the way down, and then we'll stop here. Um, let us get into this sugya. says the Gemara, Lulav sheyesh bo Our Mishnah says that it has to have at least three tvachim. Lulav has to be three tvachim. Amar Rabbi Huda Amar Shmuel. Rabbi Huda Amar Shmuel says, Shir Hadas ve'arava shlosha. That when it comes to the Hadasim and the Aravos, they need to be three Tvachim. The Lulav Arba, and the Lulav needs to be four, different than our Mishnah. Because in addition to the fact that we have a Halacha, that the Hadasim and Aravos have to be three, we have a separate Halacha, that the Lulav has to extend one Tefach more than the Hadasim and the Aravos. And as well, not mentioned here, we also know that the Hadasim have to be above the Aravos. We have a lot of different mathematics going on. When you see a lulav, we have to know that it has a minimum height. We have to know the leaves overlap one another. All the halachos about the tiomas that we just learned. And we know the hadasim are on the right with the shidra facing you and the aravos on the left. The hadasim have to be slightly above the aravos. And from the top here to the top of the lulav has to be yet another tefach. A lot of halachos to know in regards to a lulav and esro. So it says the Gemara as follows. Uh, at, at the two dots, I'll just start again. Amar of Rabbi Yehuda Marshmul that Shir Hadas ve'Arava they have to be Shlosh of Lulav Arba so that it's one Tefach longer. Kedeshi Lulav Yotem in Hadas Tefach. Very good. However, Rabbi Parnach Amar Rabbi Yochanan he says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan Shidro Shalulav Tzarich Shiyotem in Hadas Tefach. Forget about the top of the of the Lulav. The Shidra of the Lulav has to be a Tefach above, which is a much taller Lulav because the leaves can extend for many tvachim above the shidra. So the shidra is the very, very dark green part. It does taper out at some point where it then just all becomes leaf and really thins out to just be the tiomis at the very tip of the lulav. But the shita here of Rabbi Parnach and the name of Rabbi Yochanan is a chumrah. It's a taller lulav. Shidra shalulav tzarach shiyetzi minat das tefa. It says the Gemara, hold on one second, Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Lulav shiyesh bo gimel tvachim kedele na'aneo bo kasher. We have a Mishnah. This Mishnah is our Mishnah at the beginning of our parak. What does it say? A lulav has to have three tvachim so that you can do na'anuim. Yet both of these previous shitas, Shmuel and Rav Yochanan, say that it has to be either four tvachim or it has to be that the shedra is a tefach more. The shedra is going to be four tvachim plus. So it's either four or four plus, but neither of them say three. So our Mishnah is Akashia. So it says the Gemara, just a slight touch to solve this problem, a third of the way down. Ema, how should we read our Mishnah? U Yes, it does need to be three, but it also has to have enough to be mina'anea. How much do you need to be mina'anea? Well, we have to look back at Shmuel and look back at Rav Yochanan. And Shmuel says that it's a little bit more. It has to be a tefach more than the hadasim. And Rav, and Rav Yochanan says that the shedra has to be a tefach more than the hadasim with still more to go. So then it's not a stira. Our mission is not a stira. It only references one factor and not all of the factors. Uh, Toshma says the Gemara, she as we saw in the beginning of this uh, sugya, 10 lines down, here we're seeing it again, that the hadasim and the aravos have to be three, and the lulav has to be four. My love, bahade olin. 
Isn't this a kasha and Rav Yochanan? Doesn't it seem here from here that four is a minimum number? And Rav Yochanan was of the opinion that the shedra has to be four, and you don't need there to be any high. That's that's incorrect. That would be a stira according to this. Rav Yochanan would not be understood. He says, levad Rav Yochanan would learn this brisa to say, no, I'm not. I'm only talking about the shedra. I'm not talking about the alin, and therefore the numbers work out the same. So Gufa, now the Gemara is going to dig into this halacha a little bit more. Gufa, Shir Hadas Harba. We had said we're almost halfway down Lamed Beis and Beis. We had said that the Shir of the Hadasim and the Arava is three tefach each. The Lulav Arba and the Lulav has to be four. What does Rabbi Tarfon say? Rabbi Tarfon Omer What does that sound like? That it has to be five tefachim. A little bit of a strange language. That we're talking about an ama of five tefachim. But why is he talking about an ama? We're only talking in Shirim of Tefach. So we're going to dig into this language in a moment. So Amar Rava, Rava says, according to my understanding of Rebbe Tarfon, says the Gemara, Sharalei Mari the Rebbe Tarfon. The master, namely HaKadosh Baruch Hu, capital M, should forgive Rebbe Tarfon. He made a mistake. We could barely find any hadasim that are three tefach long. You think we're going to find a whole tree enough to service all of Klal Yisrael with five tefachim? It just can't be. What Rabbi Tarfon said can't be. It just can't be right that we need them to be five tefachim. There's just not a mitzvah like that. What was he talking about? That's not the way hadasim grow in general. There's no way that that could be it. So Rava clearly understood Rabbi Tarfon's line, Rabbi Tarfon's line of Rabbi Tarfon Omer Ba'ama Baschamisha Tefachim that a lula that the hadasim had to be five tefachim. But says the Gemara, that's not true. And really, Rava misunderstood Rabbi Tarfon. So says the Gemara, here is answer number one, which will get rejected. And then we'll come to answer number two, with which we will conclude. Halfway down. Ki asa Ravdimi, Omar, he said as follows. No, you misunderstood. What, what Rav Tarfon was talking about when he said that there's an Amabas Chamisha Tfachim is that when we talk about the Tfachim of the Hadassim, are we talking about the Tfachim of an Amabas Chamisha or an Amabas Shisha? If you're talking about tefachim of an amabas chamisha, each tefach is a little bigger. Let's assume an ama is this. You break this up into five parts or into six parts. The distance between my hands won't change. It's still an ama. So that means that if the tefach, that the amabas chamesh has tefachim that are larger. And if you cut this into six pieces and each section is smaller, then each tefach is smaller. So what Rabbi Tarfum was saying is as follows. Normally we talk about bas shisha tefachim aso sabas chamisha. Here, instead of looking at the normal tefach, which is bas shisha, where they're a little bit smaller, each tefach is smaller. Here we're talking about a, an ama, which is bas chamisha, where each tefach is a little bit larger. So if you take uh, an ama that was six parts, and then you break the lines into only five parts, so now each tefach is one and one-fifth of an ama of that measurement. The numbers change because the, the total distance didn't change, but your breakdown changed. If you started with six breaks, and now we have only five breaks, so then each tefach is one and one sixth. So says the Gemara as follows. Uh, if you take three of those tefachim, uh, three measurements of those tefachim, that would be three uh, times one and one fifth, which will be three and three fifths, as the Gemara will indicate clearly. So So how many um, how many tefachim would the hadasim be? Says the Gemara. 
it would be three and one third based on the, on the math that we just did. But if you say that, this is kasha de Shmuel ad Shmuel, because hacha, our initial impression of, of Shmuel was, hacha amar of Yehuda mar Shmuel shir hadas varav shlosha. Initially, he said that the shir was only three tvachim. The hasam, but in this new version, quoting Rabbi Tarfon, amar Rabbi, Rav Huna amar Shmuel halacha Rabbi Tarfon, who said that it was three and three fifths, so which one is it? Do we say that the shear of the Hadassim is three, like Shmuel said in a simplistic form? Or do we say, like Shmuel's version number two, that he quotes every tarfon, to say that it's three and three-fifths tzvachim? Which one is the shear? So says the Gemara, yeah, it's the same thing, low duck. He was being inexact. He was just being inexact. Three, three and three-fifths, it's not a big deal, not a big difference. Says the Gemara, Amar de Amri non I could understand if you want to tell me that you're just being inexact, you have to do it in a way where you're generating a chumra. But lekula mi Amri non Think about it this way. Let's say really the halacha was three and three fifths. That that's the minimum height of hadasim. Comes along Shul and says it just needs to be three, and I'm being inexact. Yeah, but but if the real shear is three and three fifths, and you're loosely saying three, you're going to have a lot of people with non kosher hadasim. Because really the shear is three and three fifths. If you're going to ballpark, ballpark lechumra, not lekula. So that's what the Gemara says. Um, if you want to say that you're just being an exact, I could understand if you're going to be strict. Say four. Don't say three and three fifths. Say four. Fine. But lekula, you're going to say three. You're just being an exact and the real shear is larger. That doesn't work. Therefore, says the Gemara, we flip around our math. Instead of looking at the Tvachim as an Amabas Chamisha, we take the Amma that you had broken up into five, and now we break it up instead into six parts, which means that each Tefach is less than the Tefach of the Amabas Chamisha. And three of those, as we will soon see, is not even a real full three Tvachim of Abbas Chamisha. So, how would it work out? If you had three Tvachim, uh, that were broken up in this smaller shear, it's treu palga. It's going to be 2.5 tfachim as the height of the hadasim. So it says the Gemara, even if you say that, sof sof at the end of the day, kasha de shmuel ad shmuel, because shmuel presented three, and now with this new math, it's really only 2.5. Says the Gemara, here's where we say low duck. This is where we say low duck, because what does shmuel say? Three. What's the real answer? 2.5. Good. So then you're just being machmir when you say low duck. You're just, he's not giving the decimal points. Just, just make sure that they're three tvachim. So it's a chumrah. And Medina, technically, Shmuel would say that if you were to have an have hadasin that were not three tvachim, they were only 2.5, they would be kosher. But he was teaching in shir, just make it three. This is a stringency in approximation, and that's totally fine. That the halacha is like Rabbi Tarfon, which is really technically speaking, 2.5 tefach, that's enough. But Lodak, he was just being machmir to say three, and we will stop right here at this Mishnah, pick up at this Mishnah tomorrow and learn to the next Mishnah tomorrow night. I will not be here on Wednesday. I don't yet know what I'm doing for, uh, I'll probably pre-record and post. I'll let you know. But I think that's it for tonight. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Good afternoon.